0: I'm Julie lyles Carr, and you're listening to the Modern Motherhood Podcast from All Mom Does, an online community of support, inspiration, ideas, and tools for your life, from your relationships to your kids to your work. Check out allmomdoes.com and on the socials to find friendship and connection with women in your season of life. Check out this awesome review for the podcast from E. Bernhardt. She writes, Julie spoke at a retreat I attended recently excellent speaker, by the way, and I decided to check out her podcast. The episodes I've listened to have been professional, timely, and full of love for her listeners. Great content. Thanks for serving, Julie. E. Bernhardt, thank you so much. Such gracious words, and I really appreciate it. And hey, friends, I'd love to feature your five-star rating and review on an upcoming episode, just like we've done with E. Bernhardt. So be sure and leave those shiny stars and happy reviews wherever you get your podcast. and your rating and review really does help other people find the content we're sharing here. I'm really excited for you to hear this episode today. This is a woman I admire so much and feel so thankful to call a friend. She's lived all over the world. She's lived on the mission field. She's homeschooled and raised five kids. And she has been so intentional and thoughtful to speak life and hope to others, to use her influence well when God put her family, and especially her son, pro football and now baseball star Tim Tebow, in the national spotlight. Today, I welcome my friend, Pam Tebow. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Julie. I'm thrilled to be here. So I'm assuming that pretty much all of my listeners are going to know who you are, but just in case they don't... Tell us about you, about your husband, about your kids, where you live, all those kind of things.
1: Well, I've been married a long time to my husband, Bob. He's in ministry. Uh, His ministry has varied over the years, but it's mostly been uh, abroad in Asia. He's an evangelist, so he loves to share the gospel, and he brings lots of kids on mission trips. We have an orphanage and a safe house and hospital and lots of things that God has enabled us to do over the years. And uh, so he's kind of outside the box, as are a lot of my kids. So I have five kids. I have Christy, Katie, Robbie, Peter, Timmy, and Timmy might be the best known. He's not my favorite. I always tell my kids <laughs> <laughs> that I don't have a favorite. He's just the he's just probably the 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 most well known of my kids because of his just different ventures, including football. And I have eight grandchildren and number nine is on the way. So that's a great joy. It's a wonderful season in life. So I'm just thrilled. I love my family so much. And I'm, you know, I'm
0: happy to talk about them. Eight, almost nine grandbabies. All right. Goals, goals. So why Asia? Why was Asia the place that God put on your hearts? what about Asia?
1: What a great question. Well, my husband, actually, we met in college because he started a group called Campus Crusade on our campus at the University of Florida the year before I came. And uh, it's now called Crew. But I came along and was discipled through Crew. And I met him and thought when I first met him that he was crazy and he was fanatical. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh God just drew us together and I married him and we had an adventure, Um, went off to grad school. He has degrees and it was fun just learning to live by faith. So God gave me a lot of practice in that, which really helped when we uh, went to the mission field. But we began to have our kids and then My husband came up with the crazy idea of homeschooling before it was a word, before anyone (laughs) did it. Nobody talked about it because it wasn't done, and we'd never heard of any homeschooler. And it was quite a challenge for me because I thought if I submitted to him that God would surely change his mind. But 25 years later, (laughs) I got to retire. But you know, God had a plan for that because he was a pastor at the time, and he thought that was what we needed to do. A couple years later, God called us to the mission field. My husband had been on a mission trip as a pastor with a group of pastors, and he just had the time of his life. You know, he led all these people to Christ and uh, started a couple of churches and came back and went back to his church, and then he was traveling, and God just... My husband says in an inaudible voice, spoke very loudly to him that he was calling him to go to the mission field. And God was so gracious because at the same time, I was home in bed and had four little kids, and God clearly called me too. And I did not respond as immediately as my husband. (laughs) I wrestled with the Lord through the Mm -hmm. night, just saying, Lord, but what about this and what about that? And then finally, I gave in. I'd been memorizing a verse. Ah, Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. So I thought, well, if God created the world, then... Nothing's too difficult for him. He can handle this. So I went to sleep, and my husband returned the next day, and he told me about what God did, and I said, I know. He called me, too, and it was gracious of God to do that because we had a lot of challenges. So we took our kids to the mission field, and God knew we would need homeschooling because we went two years after we started homeschooling and i had had practice and I had curriculum and I was um, a little bit more prepared, not greatly prepared, but at least I was a little more prepared. And and so he knew that he also knew that we would have two dyslexic kids that's a challenge. I would never have wanted them to be criticized in school, made fun of because they couldn't read early. And they've done fine. They've gone to college. And Timmy writes about dyslexia in his books because he wants to encourage all those kids that think maybe God made a mistake with them. And yet it's just because God wired them differently. Right, right. Because they're they're different thinkers and they're able to do things and see things differently than, than maybe someone else does. And, and, you know, I should have known my husband's dyslexic. So Just, (laughs) you know, one of my granddaughters followed on down. But my granddaughter just tells everybody she's dyslexic and she names everybody. Every famous person that's ever been dyslexic, including her including her Uncle Timmy. So yes. anyway, it, we've learned a lot, though, through the years about how God has taken care of us. And he's just been such a faithful God. He, he gave us a home and a ministry on the mission field. And my husband's heart is just so drawn to the people, especially in the Philippines, because mm-hmm. they're so responsive to the gospel. They're very gracious, loving people. And it's funny, I encounter them everywhere. I go and... It's an immediate attraction, right. you know. They know we love that them, yeah. you know, and and we do, we mm-hmm. do. I'm drawn to them; they're drawn to us. Uh, my husband has about 70 national staff that work for him, and they're doing so many things in the Philippines, good things. Right. And then he was in the um, in the Philippines in 1991, and they were going to throw a baby in the river, and so he wondered, do we start an orphanage? And that was the beginning of our orphanage. So we've had orphans that we've cared for. All these years, right. and so we've we've loved that ministry, and then it's spread a little. We do ministry in another Asian country that we can't really name because it would endanger the people there. But uh, my husband had a chance to buy back some actually, there were little girls mm-hmm. from the sex slave industry, right and he thought, how can i how can I not?" He took out all of his money and bought them, and then you know that just grew and grew. There were more and more girls, and so we. What are you going to do? So we have a safe house that our son's foundation helped to build, mm-hmm. helped to finance. And so we're just, you never know what God's going to do. Right, right. And you can't, explain, y- might be. yes, yeah. you cannot even believe how, how the Lord is just, you couldn't see at the beginning what God's going to do as you proceed. So we're so grateful. And our kids are all involved in that. They grew up going to the mission field. Right. And, you know, they lived on the mission field and then they, and Timmy was born in the Philippines and then- going on mission trips. Right, right. So they all love it. They have a heart for it. They love to go back. You know, they're involved in a lot of different ministries. And actually one of the results is that our oldest daughter Christy and her husband Joey and their kids right. are in ministry and right. they're on the mission field. That's they're right. I remember that. In yeah. Asia. In, yeah, yeah. in South Asia. So we're so thankful for them and, and how God has called them and the job they're doing there. Right. So it just that's a ripple effect, you right. know, of of our hearts and then we don't even know that we're demonstrating to our kids, you know how God can take care of us and they watch you trust God. In fact, that was one of the greatest joys I think in my life is that when my daughter announced that God was calling her husband and her, at the time they didn't have kids, to go to the mission field, um she said, "Mom, Joey and I can't wait to trust God." For the mission field, like you and Daddy did, because they watched us and we had a lot of crazy adventures, but God always came through and they watched that. You know, they watched us, just was all we could do at times to just believe that God was going to take care of the issue, whatever it was, whether it was Mm -hmm. finding us a home that seemed impossible on a primitive island or Timmy's birth story, which is another God Mm -hmm. story. And so they really believed God would write great god stories for them, for them. and, and he, is. Right. he is right yes
0: so how do you think the experience of living in the asian culture for your kids because you know they've they're kind of from two cultures in a sense they are. you know that's i mean right. they got this this american culture but right. they also have this asian filipino culture how do you see that that's played out as they have launched into adulthood and launched into their own families like, how did that change the dynamic of your family i think that they were
1: not as excited about material things. You okay. know, it's not that they don't want a nice home. And um, I mean, Timmy never even bought a car. Mm-hmm. He let people donate for whatever reason. But, you know, that just, that wasn't, it didn't hold as much value to them as it might for someone else. And we're so glad because I think they saw a lot of, uh, Filipinos that were just so happy and people in other countries that maybe they didn't have a lot, but they had joy. Right, right. And they knew the Lord and they were happy and they were, um, you know, in their eyes, they had everything they needed. Mm-hmm. So I think they began to realize that it isn't as critical that we have the latest and greatest. And so we're glad, not that we don't all like that. You know, right, I'm not I'm right. not discounting that. Right. But we don't have to to make us happy. That right. isn't the key to happiness and joy, no, they so, learned that early on, right. Yeah, they right. really do. And you have to learn contentment. You know, mm-hmm. that's something we really tried to encourage them to be content, whatever state they were in. But, but that's hard sometimes. Right. You know, but I, I really believe that's what Paul said, you know, it's right. it's not easy. We, it's something we learn. Exactly. You know, exactly. so it's a, you, yes, you yes. do. You have to, and it's, I'm not saying that's the easy way to go. Right. Right. You know. and I didn't sign up for that, but that's what God had for our
0: family. What was it like for them when they began to come back into the U S mm-hmm. and integrate into this culture again and sort of become aware afresh in many ways of oh okay so <laughs> wow I tell you what I think it was
1: hard I mm-hmm. knew what I was getting into I knew that I would go from a slow paced culture mm-hmm. to a crazy culture that is so demanding and we have so many distractions and as moms there's so many things we could do with our kids in fact we're we're always on the run and we're going here and we're going there and you could just put them in a zillion sports and all these activities and. That's really hard because you still want to have kids get, um, you know, they get over tired, mm-hmm. exhausted from all of those activities, and I think they need some. Some time to think, and they need quiet, and they—it's hard to balance that. I mean, it's mm. much harder in American life because the balance is so hard to get. So I really struggled with that, you know, and and, and coming back to the U.S. and trying to integrate everybody into the culture. Of course, there's there's wonderful privileges and you no know, opportunities that you don't have living in a foreign country. So we wanted to take
0: advantage of those, right? But they're challenges, right? You know? Right, and trying to discern wisely That's right. what all they should be in and what That's they exactly should exactly right. In. And And there's so much decision fatigue, I think, in a sense, I, I often get emails from moms who listen to the podcast or know me from other venues, and they, they're all searching for sort of that formula for figuring out, well, what should I have my kids in? how busy should I have them? So what do you see looking back for the most beneficial things that you did have the kids engaged in or the things that you intentionally said no to depending on where you were, if you were in the States or in the Philippines? What are the things now that you go? Wow, that was of great benefit and oh, that's something I probably wouldn't have done again. (laughs) Well, we we tried to
1: go by their interest and their abilities. And so we would just pray and try to discern. Our oldest daughter had an interest in music. And so that's a long story that I, I talk about in my book, because God wrote a special story for her. But he also provided people to teach her piano. You know, he provided pianos along the way. And God really made it very clear that that was His plan for her. Music was a big part of her life, so that was her interest. It wasn't necessarily everyone's. We, but we decided we would give everybody a chance to try music. And you know, her sister Katie loved the flute, not piano, so she went in that direction. And it was pretty hopeless with the boys. You know, <laughs> we gave them all an opportunity. (laughs) I said, Peter's probably more musical, but it was just hysterical. You know, I still picture Timmy taking piano and it was just, it was just cute. You know, we all (laughs) laugh about that and he's not going to be offended if he hears this. (laughs) Because there's just some things people don't, are not gifted um, for, but it was fun, but we let them try. Yeah. And then the same was true of sports. You know, we, we did not go overboard and let them do every single sport um, Mm -hmm. whenever they wanted to, you know, we had to still have family time. Time and we had to have time for school and we had to keep some kind of balance. And oh my goodness, we we struggled with that. But we realized that some had a real gift in a sport, but we wanted them to have the opportunity. Right? You know, I've met grown men that that just almost have tears in their eyes when they they come up to me and they said, "My mother never let me play football." You know. <laughs> She was so afraid I'd get hurt. Yeah. Well, you know, I think every one of our kids got hurt. You yeah. know, they all have their stories, but it's it's a guy thing. Yeah. My husband played football and he just, you know, so they all had that opportunity and that ended up to be a favorite sport in baseball, right. you know, and they still tease their dad that they never played soccer because yeah. that wasn't his sport. <laughs> see, all it's, of mine, it's been soccer. Yeah, My course. husband is a
0: huge now soccer it's fan. popular. And yeah. our grandkids yeah. play
1: yeah. soccer. They yeah. all play soccer and I still don't understand it, but yeah. I see them running around and they have a great time. Yeah. But Where's them yeah. it's good. And my yeah. kid's have the best time saying dad you never let us play soccer (laughs) but they played the other sports and that was fun so we did do we did do sports but there were times when they couldn't overdo it you know they played this ball for instance Robbie's senior year he was an outstanding baseball player and we said to Timmy you know what he could play sixth grade ball and we still homeschooled but they could play at the school by then and um he he made the team but we said you know what This is your brother's senior year and you need to support him. We're all going to go support him and you can play park ball, Mm -hmm. but let's just take a break from that. And he was willing. And then you begin to understand that you support your siblings, that we're all going to support what everybody does. You know, somebody has a piano recital and whether or not you love to listen to the piano, we're all going to go, right. We're all going to go to graduations. We're all going to go to the ball games. We're all going to support everybody. You know, it's not just one. That's
0: that kid's thing. No, it's our family's thing. See, and that leads right into something I wanted to talk to you about. And I think that sets a great platform to understand What happened next? Because, Mm, you know, when you have kids, you have have excelled in something. And I've got a couple who within their little areas of things that they love, they've gotten some notoriety and some attention Mm -hmm. for what they've done. And of course, we've got Tim's story where it just went so big in terms of football and now baseball. How did you navigate those waters with your family on... Trying to make sure that a jealousy might not come up or a competitiveness mm. might might not come up, not because you were pushing or showing favoritism, but just the amount of attention sometimes right. that can get paid onto a kid who is getting a lot of acclaim for what they're doing. Or the corollary that I've experienced too is if there is a child in a family who's differently abled. Mm, And those that child's needs take a lot of attention of the family, a lot of the resources of the family. And sometimes you'll talk to individuals that really resent that sibling Mm -hmm. who was kind of known as the golden child, or that sibling that took up a lot of the family's energy and and attention because of the different needs that they might have had. So how do you how do we navigate those waters well as moms to make sure that When we've got one who's excelling in their thing and they get a lot more public attention, or we've got one that just requires a lot more of our attention, that we don't leave the other siblings maybe feeling like, well, what about my thing? You know, what about the flute concert?
1: (laughs) You know, I struggled with it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that moms that are listening struggle too. And I really prayed about it because I felt like I grew up in a situation where there was some favoritism so I was so adamant about not showing favoritism to my kids and I can remember you know, our oldest daughter excelled at piano but then there's my second boy, and that just what she didn't want to do the same thing as her sister you know and I can understand that she wanted to be her own person I remember kneeling by my bed and that's not necessary to kneel but I just crying out to the Lord begging him okay I want to make my second born feel so special. Lord, I don't know what to do. Will you Please, please help me. I mean, I can remember it so vividly. And God is so gracious. The next week in the mail, my daughter received a flute. Now that, that is a direct answer to prayer. And I didn't realize that years before, my daughter, we had good friends when we lived in the Philippines, they came to visit us. And my friend played the flute, and Katie secretly told her her desire was to play the flute. She never told that to me. Oh, wow. So it was that week following my prayer that my friend felt compelled to send her flute to my daughter, Katie. Katie. I mean, she got it and she was so excited. And there was a wonderful flute teacher at our church and she bonded with Katie. And, you know, the story goes on. She actually got a flute scholarship. I mean, it's such a God story because I never would have thought of that on my own. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage every mom to go to the Lord because He loves our kids more than we do. Right. I mean, I. See myself as so inadequate at times. I mean, I'm so desperate for God to intervene because I don't have the answer. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the big picture, but God does and he just loved my little girl so much mm. and that just meant the world to her because it was her unique thing she played in the church orchestra she did her own thing she wasn't compared to her sister which is so important right. and i didn't want people to compare and people do that you right, know right. and we, we do. need to all make sure we do not compare yeah. one person to the other you know scripture even says don't compare yourself by your right. you know and and that's true it's especially true for mothers they need to know Every kid needs to know that their mom loves them special and that she sees their strong suits. You know, she sees their potential long before they do. And you have to communicate that to them. You know, you have to ask God for wisdom. You know, what to see in your kid? What do you see in your kid? Mm -hmm. You know, no one else may see that, but you have the ability, I think, as a mother and to really speak into your kid's life and give them courage, maybe to do something different that right. they ordinarily wouldn't have the courage to do. And, you know, you see their giftings and their abilities. And my husband was very involved
0: as well. Right. So God is so gracious. Well, and I think that willingness to retire our agenda. Yeah. Because, you know, it's I mean, tough. We laugh about, you know, yes, your kids saying, we tough. never got to play soccer because yeah, exactly. it wasn't Bob's thing. But, but to really, you know, I've known moms who are just insistent that all of their children will play piano. Yeah. And then if you have one... Like Timmy, you know, who, like that's we not still his laugh thing. At yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the unintentional side effect when you force a kid to do right. something that really is not their deal is they right. will start comparing themselves that's to right. how their siblings are doing. That's right. Even to be very cautious about. I think about grade reports and how That's, a kid is doing oh, you you know, in terms of their so grades true. to do the best we can to That's not right. set our kids up and not to make those statements that sometimes we make because we're tired and we're frustrated. But why can't you just blah, blah, blah like right. your brother? Why can't you like your sister? To do a really intentional job to, re- to remove those kind of phrases from our mothering vernacular because That's right. the long-term ripple effect of that can be so negative. negative. That's right. So negative. We want to send out those positive ripple effects. We'll be back with our conversation with Pam Tebow in just a moment. But first, you can help in trafficking through World Concern. Over 1 million That's the number. Over 1 million children are trafficked in the world's poorest places, and that number can sound really overwhelming, but there is something you can do to help. On May 11th, join World Concern for the SOS 5K in Seattle. You and your family can run for a cause, whether that's actually hitting the pavement with us or by donating to help stop child trafficking worldwide. The SOS 5K is a number that can help end the number of over 1 million children who are trafficked. Go to SOS5K.org to register or to donate today. That's the World Concern SOS 5K in Seattle, Washington, May 11th. Make a difference by going to SOS5K.org. So you've got a new book. In addition to a ninth grandbaby on the way, now you've got a book baby. (laughs) It's just about to hit the world. So what was that process like, trying to think through these years of, of mothering, of working with young women, of mentoring, and trying to say, okay, this is what I want to say to this next generation?
1: Well, it really helped that I've been speaking on this topic, and it's basically influence. How do we impact the lives around us? And I've been thinking and praying and speaking on this topic for years. So it's really my life message. I first started thinking about it in college because I I knew nothing about my faith. You know, my story of how I came to know the Lord is really a God story because I walked all by myself to church when I was 12, and I never had been in church. I never heard a Bible study. And I walked with my little sister, and in that church, I heard that God loved me. And He loved me so much that He sent His only Son to die on the cross for me. And I I prayed and asked Jesus to be my Savior, but I knew nothing else my parents wouldn't let me go back. So when I went to college, everything was new to me. I knew one verse. I went to this Bible study. I learned a little bit, and I went back to my my sorority house where I lived, and I taught that to the girls around me because I was so excited about it. And I just learned a little bit, and I taught the little bit that I knew to them. And then week after week, the same thing happened, and I realized that, God just grew us all. And that was my first first exposure to positive influence. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, my life counts now. I'd never seen that before. I never thought that my life had purpose, that my life could count. But investing in somebody else, that made it count. Mm -hmm. And I had real influence for the first time ever. So I never wanted to stop that. And I saw that really multiply when I was a mother. You know, I did other things. I did Bible studies and impacted women. But to impact my children, that just was my heart. Because that's our role. You know, no matter what season we're in, you know, the ages of our kids, we can still speak life into them. You know, we have such an impact on them. And it makes a difference Mm long-term. So that was my biggest audience and what I talk a lot about and how I practiced. And so I was writing down my stories all along. So I just didn't have to sit down and think of a, what am I going to write about? That's my message. And as I began speaking, that was my topic so often. So I wrestled with, you know, the outline. What are the most important things you can talk about? What's the foundation for influence? You know, how do you think through it? And, And have some fun illustrations because I had to learn from the beginning to what really works, you know, how are you the most effective? And so it's a learning process for me as well. And, you know, I I share that too. And it's a lot of fun stories along the way because we all have the opportunity to be influential no matter right. where we're we're planted in life and it doesn't matter what season we're in, whether we're young or we're old, you know, kids can have influence and we wanted our kids to be intentional about the way they lived so that their lives mattered and they could impact the people in their sphere. And all of you that are listening, whether, you know, you're in a classroom or whether you're in an office or whether you're at home with kids, you know, we all have that same opportunity. My mother was seventy when my daughters talked to her about Um, how she could have purpose and influence. And she never felt like her life counted before. And it's one of my favorite stories because after they talked to her and they said, Grandma, you know, you're in all these clubs. You can use your influence there. You know, you love to write cards. You know, her gifting is very different. She was kind of shy, and and, um, yet she loved to write cards to people. So they said, you could write a little verse and ask people if they had prayer requests. And the most amazing things happened. They started a prayer chain in some of these club newsletters, and then people started sharing their answers to prayers, and then they took out a whole time at each meeting for women to share, and it just changed everything. Right, right. And it changed her life. So she woke up excited every morning until the time she was 86 because she had purpose. She had purpose. And that's what we Mm -hmm. all need. We all need to know we have purpose. And if we invest in lives, even one life, one life at a time, we're having purpose. I think sometimes we think that it's got
0: to be some Big one big scale. splash. Yes. Yeah, a right. big splash. And then we see waves break out from yeah. that. But I yeah. love this notion. The little ripples. Right. The tidal being ripple right. effects. Because those are the building blocks of waves. And we, right. we don't often realize that. That enough of those build up against each other. And then That's yeah, right. you do have something that ultimately seems big, but it has to start sometimes with just that willingness it to does. invest a small pebble of time. That's right. And see what In happens. One person. Next. Right, right. Yeah. And then they do it with the next person and the next person And I would say that whether we're being intentional about it. It or not, whether we're choosing to be positive with it or not, we are all influencing someone we, are. we all are. the time. That's right. I mean I, I can remember I worked in a hardware store when I was in college. <laughs> they call me the hardware honey. Oh that and, I bet yeah oh yeah. <laughs> and I can remember if I had somebody come through my line or ask for a question or whatever and they were a pleasant person, the ripple effect through the rest of my day mm-hmm. was feeling like, okay, this is not my penultimate my penultimate love job here, but okay, I had a better day. And if somebody came through and they were negative or really critical right. or very difficult, it had a ripple effect on the rest of my day as well. And so how can we make sure that we're grabbing hold of the understanding that we're always in a place of influence and the responsibility to be appropriate with that?
1: Now, I really believe that we have to think through it. You know, I just, I pray when I'm having my time with the Lord in the morning, I just ask the Lord to make me see my opportunities. Don't let me miss them. You know, there was a girl in the hotel when I checked in yesterday and nobody talks to her and asks her about herself. Well, I wanted to, you know, I asked her about herself and she just lit up. So I came back down later and she was there and she couldn't hardly wait to talk to me because I knew her name right? and I knew something about her and no one notices her. You know, they don't see her. And I think that's true of so many people that People aren't noticed. No one's interested in them. And we get to be that person. Ask them a question or, you know, it's different with moms. You know, you've got all your little people around that you influence. But but I think it's more than that. I think it's that if we think about it as we go to whatever, wherever we're going during our day, we can think about the people along the way that each one of the people that God allows us to connect with really needs to have positive influence. And those ripples, you know, they go on into eternity, especially if you're able then to have a relationship with someone and you can talk to them about a relationship with the Lord. I mean, that impacts them for eternity. So we we have a great, not just privilege, but I feel like it's a responsibility. Why are we created? Well, God expects us to have a, a, a discipleship type of ministry, you know, and it can be small. It doesn't have to be huge. Right. But it can start out, look at Jesus and his disciples. There were just a few of them, and they changed the world.
0: They did, and it was just a handful of people. That's right, a Mm -hmm. handful of people.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, we can be world changers Mm -hmm. too, just in our soft manner. And we don't have to be any different than we are. God uses our giftings our personality, our season in life, uh, wherever we're located. You know, we don't have to change all that. God uses all that, and we can impact the people in that sphere that we're in.
0: Right, that's what that's what Paul says in Acts 16, right, when yes. he tells the Athenians, you know, exactly. God places people in specific times, eras, right. epics, and geographies so right. that people will right. maybe have the chance to reach out for God. I think the other thing that's kind of fascinating to think about, too, is we think about influencing our children and being very direct in that right. influence. But the way that we use our influence, and they watch us use our influence mm, toward others, great point, can have such that's effect. A great. Point. My husband Mike is really good about any restaurant we go to, or if we're at the grocery mm. store, or whatever. He's always very intentional to meet who that person is who's serving us, to introduce him that person to everyone around the table. Mm. And I'm watching now, generationally, your kids my do kids it, doing it too. I love that. Doing. And then I watch their friends laugh about it, but then start doing it too. And right. it becomes this thing. That's that the ripple effect. It is the ripple effect. And it's this thing that Mike didn't sit our kids down and say, here's what I want you to do. They we watch. Go to restaurant. Kids are always watching. They're watching. And so what are things that you think women need to be aware of in terms of their influence, positive or negative, that another generation is watching closely that we want to be really mindful of about how to speak into the next generation, even if it's not directly to the generation right. that they're watching?
1: Well, I really wanted my, and, and I know this may seem old-fashioned, but I wanted my kids to know scripture. And I think early on, there weren't a lot of books um, that I could go to. And I was desperate. I was a desperate mom. I didn't have the answers for anything hardly. So I kept going to God's manual because I needed it. And I thought, well, when my kids leave home, then I I want them to have verses in their head because that has more impact than just my words alone or their dad's words alone, as powerful as they are. So we memorized a lot of scripture, and I wanted to make it fun. And I heard years ago that what's learned in song is remembered long. So we put the scripture to silly little tunes because I wanted it to stick in their heads. And, you know, I think it still does. Mm-hmm. And some of my kids are still doing it now with their kids. Not everybody wants to sing their verses, and I get yeah. that. But they remember them. And I, I love to share that with moms because I think it's a simple little tool. But you teach them things that really impact their lives. For instance, my little boys played ball. And they would always brag about hitting a home run or scoring a touchdown. And you don't want to have kids that brag. You see too many athletes that are all about themselves and they want to say they're the greatest and the best. I didn't, we didn't want our boys to be like that. So I found a verse Let another praise you, not your own mouth. Let another praise you, not your own mouth. Let another praise you, not your own mouth. Stranger, not your own lips. And we memorized that and we talked about it and they realized you know, that later on when people ask them, why don't you talk about yourself? In fact, a reporter asked Timmy one time and I read it in the newspaper because boys don't share the details like girls do. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure you've experienced that. So I read it in the newspaper that um, he said, well, when I was young, he said, why don't you talk about yourself? Why don't you ever, you know, it's hard to get anything out of you. And he said, well, when I was young, my mom taught me a verse and we had, we sung it together. We talked about it and let somebody else praise you. No, don't talk about yourself. Don't brag. Don't tell people that. But we also knew that they had the desire to at least tell interested people about how they did. And so we alerted a few people at church, a few close friends, and they loved being in on it. So um, after Saturday games, you know, they would go to church just bubbling over, and our friends would say, "How did yesterday's game go?" And then they could tell them, right, right. you know, <laughs> yes, in a humble way, they right, could tell right. them. But you know, that impacted them forever. Right. And then they impact. You know, think about the little boys that Timmy's impacted because he's not doing that on the major stage, and so he's impacting little boys. I mean, it's something simple like that, right? Right. But we did a lot of that because, like I said, I was a desperate mom, really wanting uh, and not exactly knowing how to teach my kids truth, but I want the I wanted the truth to stick,
0: right? right. You know,
1: and I feel like that's one of the most effective things that we did as a family, and um, you know, I. I love it, and right. now our
0: kids are doing it. With you their still see kids. that effect today. I do. I do. I not as not as spiritual. Uh, I still remember my phone number. From kindergarten, did you make it to, a, to put it? To yes, tune? my dad Good. taught us to tune and I won't tell you the last digit because <laughs> it's now like this. You know, when you have to have a pen right. number or something. Oh yeah, on, got like it. Somebody. Oh yeah, I won't. Oh, and so, but to. it's like a number that I can always remember Isn't because he said it to tune, and I was laughing the other day because one of the kids needed to get into something that had a pen number, and mom and I was like, oh, and I sang it to him, and like that's how they're remembering. It. I'm thinking. That is so funny. I mean, that is Isn't from that kindergarten. Something yes. my dad taught me that now, even in my today, in a today he never could have imagined that I would jump on a computer and have that's access right. to this Ripple kind of, of service. Exactly. That that phone number. He just wanted to make sure that if I got lost on my way home from school, that's I could so tell clever. somebody where to call. I love that. But you know, here we are, all these years later, and it's something that actually unlocks different information and portals that we need to get into oh, for certain that's things. What I need to do
1: with my passwords. Yeah. There you
0: go. <laughs> yeah. I put
1: him to a tune. And, you know, I have to preface it by saying that I don't have a good voice and I'm not musical. I couldn't write music if I tried, but that isn't required. Right. right. You know, and I copy tunes, you know, I borrow them from other things and it doesn't really matter if it sticks in your head, just think of all the jingles
0: you remember from, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it carries forward. Yeah, it and does. you just never know how That's far it might reach. Exactly <laughs> so, true. That's true. That's so true. in this season of life, you're getting that beautiful experience of seeing things that you planted early on, not knowing exactly how it might end up, but you're seeing now where those things land. Except they don't land, right? I mean, they when don't. it comes to a ripple effect, it That's just right. keeps spreading out. So there will be things that'll be a generation from now, or two generations from now, or That's three right. generations from now. For you and your heart, what would you love for those some of, some of those things to be? I'm talking great great grandkids, or you know, whatever. I'd love
1: that. I I want them to be honoring the Lord. You know, to just stand for that. We have a heart for missions. I love that they're all about that. All of them love missions, but they do it in a different way. And We don't want them to be cookie cutters. We want God to speak to them in a different way and to have a different creative way of sharing the gospel, of getting the word out, of ministry in their own way. And I love that. It's, it's interesting that our kids are also different and they're creative. Mm-hmm. And you want them to do that. Robbie, for instance, just did a movie called Run the Race. And, you know, I'm giving him a little shout out here. But, you know, that's just, uh it's a football, faith-based movie. But they didn't want football to be hokey in it. So they, since he played football, he wanted it to be really cool. But also, it's a great way to share the gospel and a faith based, clean cut way, but people were taking their whole baseball teams or their youth group or whatever to go see this movie because they could. Right. Because there's nothing that parents are going to object to. And yet then they hear the gospel in a really cool way, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not silly. So I love that. I love their creativity and we encourage that, that he's doing something different you know, than we could have ever imagined. None of us are movie makers. Right, you right. know. We we wouldn't even know how to do that. So I love that creativity. And our daughter Christy has come up with all kinds of things that she does on the on the field. She's helping abused women and she just loves to speak into them because in the culture where they're ministering, um, women aren't valued. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite pictures I just love this picture and I have it in my head. I also have a copy of it. But uh, my daughter and her little daughter, Claire, are washing the feet of a wrinkled old woman. In their country, washing feet shows that they value the person. And our precious little Claire is looking up into her face and she's just glowing because she's loving on this old wrinkled woman that nobody probably loves in her home or her country. And I could have never done that envisioned that. Right. But you know, they take it a step further. So you teach them these things, but then they go on and do more than you could have even imagined. So I'm I'm really thankful for that, you know, and that's what our hope is. We don't want them to be all the same. We want them to be the creative people that God has made um,
0: and be individuals. Right. You know? And, you know, in the way that a ripple moves out, you that's never know what right. shore it's reaching to, right? It's exactly right. And so right. to be willing to say, I embrace God, whatever, that's whatever right. shore and that this... And to support them, right, right. you know, to be on their right. team and right. be their cheerleader. Right. And that's what a mom does. You
1: right. know, I think right. it's, you know, you're cheering them on and you're believing in them. But I think early on with our kids, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the potential. God created you for a great Purpose, you know, he's got something special just for you, and if they hear that enough and they believe that, and you speak that truth into their lives, they're going to believe that, no matter what the world tells them or friends. You know, the Mm world is full of put downs, so the world is going to is going to try to squash that, but. You know, if you tell them enough, they're going to believe that. Mm-hmm. You use the words. I talk a lot about words because the words that we say to our kids, you know, they say that they need to hear 10 positive words for every negative word right. that they right. hear in the in the world. And moms are the ones that are, I think, the most able to speak truth and to, to, to speak into the lives of their kids and believe in them.
0: Ripple effects. Well, your your ripple effects have impacted many of us through being able to watch a mm-hmm. beautiful you, family. Julie. And so exciting to see all that your ministry is doing today. And I can't wait for this book Thanks. to get into the hands of our listeners, Ripple Effects. And it's coming out right now. And check out pamtebo.com. Can't wait to see those ripple Thank effects you. go out by the, in, through the internet too as you oh, get more yeah, yeah, technical. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Julie. Thanks so
0: much for being yeah, with me. You're welcome. We also have show notes from this and every episode, which you can find at allmomdoes.com. I'm Julie lyles Carr on all the socials and would love to hear from you what topics you'd like to see us cover on the podcast, where you're tuning in from, all of that. So come say hi to me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Big thanks to Donna Toady, our amazing producer, and Rebecca Beckett. She's our content coordinator. They are the engine that gets the podcast pulled together and edited and posted to all the places each and every week. And I'm so grateful. I'll see you next time on the Modern Motherhood Podcast. Thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know that just like you and your family, Purposely is also part of a family, the Krista Family of Ministries. Krista helps kids and teens learn and grow in their faith at King Schools and Miracle Ranch Camp. And Krista shares Jesus with people in the poorest, most remote places through world concern. Krista Senior Living is a community of love and care, and Krista Media is a place of hope on the radio. God is changing lives through these five ministries, and Krista is on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To learn more, visit krista.org.